This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So if you turn in your Bibles, please, to the last portion here of Matthew chapter 13, which is verses 51 through 58, that's what we're going to be covering this morning. Matthew 13, 51 through 58, which says, Jesus saith unto them, Have you understood all these things? They say to him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Okay, so... Now, we pick up the movement of this chapter in verse 51, where the Lord has just completed the seventh, the last parable at this time, and he's going to leave. He's about to leave. But before he does, he now turns to his disciples, and he asks them this question in verse 51, where he says to them, have you understood these, all these things? And they're thinking in their mind, what does he mean, have you understood all these things? What does he mean by understood does he mean, could we hear him? Yes, of course we could hear him. Does he mean, did you understand the stories in the parables? Yes, of course. If that's what he's meant, well then, yes, we understood the stories. Or is there something more in this understanding that it would be just hearing them and just understanding what he said? And so this question is kind of like in verse 51, 
have you understood all these things? What did he mean by all, all these things? What were all these things that he was referring to? And the question just kind of seemed to linger in the air. It was sort of something that, that just keeps, you can almost picture it keeps coming back, coming back to them. Have you understood all these things? It was a troubling question because clearly the Lord was asking about an understanding that was not just on the surface. It wasn't so obvious. Now, for sure, the parables that he took, they were very entertaining. They were captivating. People loved to hear him speak. They just were drawn to what he was saying. But he didn't, he didn't tell them those parables just to entertain them. He didn't come to entertain the people. He didn't come to amuse the people. In a very real sense, the parables really were parables as a whole. You could look at them in the context of verse 44. You could see those parables like the treasure in verse 44, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and joy for joy thereof goeth and sell all that he had and buys that field. We covered that parable, but, but really that parable is really talking about all the parables because the parables are the field. The parables are the field. And the, what he was talking about, understanding what was behind those parables, those are the truths that are hidden in the field. The treasure was hidden in a field, so the truths are hid in the parables. And just like the treasure in verse 44, they're buried in the field, so these truths are buried in these parables. More than just understanding the stories, more than just to what he told in the form of these parables, he's asking in verse 51, have you understood all these things? He's asking, have you found the treasure in the field? Are you like that man? If that parable in verse 44 is like the people, and you can imagine the people walking over that field and never discovering the treasure. So with these parables, most the people listened carefully. The people heard every word of the parables, but they saw nothing particularly special, nothing profound in those parables. Just like the people who walked over the field in verse 44, most people didn't realize that what they were hearing in these parables were the keys to heaven. They're the keys that could unlock heaven's door for them. Just like the people who walked over the field in verse 44, they didn't know they were walking over hidden treasure that could have made them very rich, very wealthy. And when we imagine the people walking over the treasure that could have made them rich, we see a tragedy the tragedy is, how could people come so close to the treasure that could make them rich and not realize it? And he wanted to make sure that the people were not part of that tragedy. He wanted to make sure that they found the hidden treasures that were in the field. And this is so often our experience. Our experience, we read the Bible. Yeah, we understand the history. We know what the words mean. And we feel, but yet we feel like, you know, somehow I feel like I'm walking over a field that there's treasure down below. And I got to go back and walk that field again. I got to go back. Because when he said in verse 51, have you understood all these things? What he was really doing is he's asking them, go back over those fields that you just walk on. Walk on those fields again. Understand that below your feet are hidden treasures. Treasures that can give you happiness and peace and and a security in life, and an assurance, and, and a confidence in heaven in the life to come. But they had to find those treasures themselves. They had to dig them up. They had to go looking for them. So he asked them to go back. 
This time with an eye peeled to find those treasures that are there. And he asked them, if they, did you really understand? Did you really understand the deeper messages? Did you really understand the implications of these carefully crafted stories? That's what these parables are. He asked them, do you find the treasures? Do you get them? And so the disciples, they give their answer. Verse 51, they say unto him, yea, Lord. Actually, in the original, Lord is not there. Lord is not there. So really they said, yes, yes, yes. And their answer just seems to be kind of like a snapback, quick, yes. Just a little too quick, a little too fast. And that's troubling. That's troubling because it makes us wonder, they really understood? Makes us wonder, they really found the hidden treasures in the field? Or they just didn't want to be known as the ones who didn't understand? Well, whether they understood or not, they said that they did. And if they did not get the treasure out of those parables, he left those treasures hidden in the parable. He did not elaborate the meaning of these last parables. He only elaborated the first one because they asked. And so that shows that they had to ask him to uncover the hidden meanings as they did in the first parable, and he did when they asked. And they didn't ask the meaning of the last parables. They didn't ask, and he left the meanings hidden. When he asked if they had understood, he was giving them an opportunity to ask him. It was almost like he was saying, just ask. Just ask. You won't be denied because James 1.5, James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. He doesn't scold and say, why do you have to ask? He doesn't do that. It says, and it shall be given him. They could have asked him to explain the meaning of the last parables, but they did not. And now he tells them what difference it's going to make in their lives if they understand the meanings of these parables which he's been teaching them. And he does this in verse 52 where he says unto them, then said he unto them, therefore every scribe who's instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which brings forth out of his treasures things new and old. So the concern of his heart is that his people should be taught. They should not be untaught, they should be taught this is really behind the whole interaction that he has with Peter at a fireside where fishes is on the grill. When he, the whole subject comes up as they're sitting there eating and everything is so, so comfortable. And then he brings up this subject, which is very disturbing for Peter. And it's the subject of Peter, do you really love me? And this is in John 21, 15, John 21, 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs, feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. 
feed my sheep. Three times, three times the Lord's asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Three times Peter says, I love you. And the Lord says, if you do, feed my lambs and feed my sheep. So what the Lord was telling Peter that is that if you love me, Peter, don't keep what you have learned to yourself. What you have learned, you need to teach others in two groups. Lambs, teach the lambs, teach the sheep. He meant for Peter, lambs, teach those who are young in the Lord. Teach those who are young in the Lord. Don't take the attitude don't take the attitude, well, they're not at my level, they're not at Peter's level, so I'm not gonna help these young believers, let somebody else do that. No, he said, it's for you, Peter. It's for you to teach the lambs. It's like Tom is out there teaching child evangelism fellowship, children. And the Lord's teaching, and then the Lord says to him, Peter, teach those who have been following the Lord, who've been following the Lord for a while, teach those. And he illustrates this. He tells Peter what this is like. He says, the Lord uses an example here of a person who is a householder, who is the head of a house, the head of a household. And the Lord says that the head of a house, when he has a guest come over, he brings out from his storehouse, whatever he calls the treasure, things that are new and things that are old. You know, my middle son, Joseph, he's a very good cook. He's always liked to eat, and now he's become a good cook, so he makes good stuff for him. Anyway, sometimes when he and I are, are both in Loretto, like last week, we have company come over to the house and for dinner, he, he's got his old favorites, you know, and, and he'll cook yellowtail and basil and tomato. That's an old favorite, yellowtail caprese. He loves to make that, you know, and that's good. And his walnut banana bread, this is one of his favorites, it's very good also. But this last week, he tried something new, which was mango, mango flan. That was very good. And so he brings out of his repertoire of dishes things old and things new. And this is what the Lord is meaning in verse 52, that a person who has spent time, like you have, time learning the Bible, he's saying you should teach others. You should teach others. And you should teach what you've learned and what you know. But he's saying that you should be probing the scriptures to discover new treasures and then teach those new treasures. You know, Joseph, when he's down there, he's made a goal. He wants to, first of all, he wants to eat everything that's available to eat down there in Loretto, and he wants to cook every Mexican dish that and learn how to make these things. And he's always new things. You know, he's got a very good repertoire, but he's always after something new. And that's what the Lord is saying there. He's saying, he's saying, when you teach others, you say teach things that are old, take them out of your treasure, you've known them for a while, and things that are new. This is what I do. This is what I try to do when I prepare for these times that we have here in the Word. I come to a portion of Scripture, and I may know it, and I may know what I've learned in the past over that, that Scripture, and I want to bring that out. I want to bring that out. But then I search for something new, something new, so that I'm able to, verse 52, bring forth out of his treasure things new and old. Because a teacher needs to bring forth out of his treasure things that are new along with the old in order to keep him engaged, in order to keep him excited, in order to keep him enthusiastic over the scripture that he's teaching. Bring forth things 
new and things old. So this is what he said. Now, the Lord has just finished his teaching on these parables, and we read in verse 53, verse 53, it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed. He left, departed thence. He leaves the people. Why? Because he's finished. He's finished now his teaching on these seven critical parables. And we can imagine how, you know, the people were very much enjoying his teaching. And we can imagine, I mean, they, they, when they heard him speak, they forgot about food. They stayed there to the point where he says, you know, I've got a little bit of concern about these people here because they haven't eaten and they're going to faint. It came to this. They were so interested in what he was saying. And we can imagine that people thought, you know, I was getting ready to leave. They're thinking, where's he going? Where's he going? Does he have to leave? Does he have to leave? I mean, is it something we said? Is it something we did? Did we offend him? Why is he going? We've been friendly to him. Why doesn't he just stay here with us? Like the disciples who asked the Lord, don't leave in Luke 24, 28. Luke 24, 28, where they said, and they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. In other words, left them. But they constrained him, saying, abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them, and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, he blessed it, he broke and gave to them. And their eyes were open that they should know him, and he vanished out of their sight. I mean, they wanted him to stay. They didn't want him to leave. But he stayed a little bit longer, but then he left, he vanished. Why? Because in verse 53, of our passage here, verse 53, he left them because he had a burning passion in him. And that burning passion was to go seek the lost, the other lost that weren't there in that group. And those other lost were in dangerous places for him, very dangerous. Those lost were in the synagogues, which was a, the synagogue was a place that was hostile to him. It was dangerous. So he left the safety of his friends to go to the dangerous place, dangerous places to seek the lost because he had been sent on a mission. He'd been sent on a mission to go find and save the lost wherever they are. You know, we've got these maps, these prayer maps up here, and they're back there, and you can go get one. These maps and these places here where these students have gone to, are dangerous places. They're going this year to Cleveland, Ohio. That's a place where in the past that the, one of the girls had a, a gun pulled on her. A man went up to a golf compartment, pulled a gun on her. That's dangerous. They're going to places like Franklin Park, New Jersey, where in the past a man took his car and tried to run the students down. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. They're going to all these places here. You go to all these places. That's where you want to know where the dangerous places are. That's where, when you see the men going in a team, we're not going to send women to the dangerous place. The women go to nice places like Miami, where the sun's shining and everybody's nice to them there. But see, the men are going now to Cleveland. We sent women before, but now men go to Cleveland and to Franklin Park. Dangerous places. And why do they do this? Why don't they just stay in their churches and stay where and sing songs like Happy Are We? You know, why don't they do that? Because just like him, they've been sent out. They've been sent out on a mission. 
Go find the lost wherever they are, just like us. It's safe, it's comfortable for us to be in a place like this right now among believers. Everybody nods, says amen, preach it, brother, wonderful. But the Lord calls them to go find his sheep, just like the hymn says, just like the hymn says, hark, tis the shepherd's voice I hear, out in the desert dark and drear, calling the sheep who've gone astray, far from the shepherd's fold away. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Who'll go and help this shepherd kind? Help him the wandering ones to find. Who'll bring the lost ones to the fold where they'll be sheltered from the cold? Out in the desert, hear their cry. Out on the mountains, wild and high. Hark, tis the master speaks to thee. Go find my sheep where'er they be. Go find my sheep where'er they be. This is what the Lord was doing in verse 53. He was leaving the shelter to go out on the mountains, wild and high. He was obeying his father who said, go find my sheep where'er they be. And that meant, verse 54, when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. The synagogue was the center of his enemies, the scribes and the Pharisees. The synagogue was the last place that he should go if he was worried about his own safety. The synagogue should have been the place where he should have been welcomed as a center for learning about God, but the synagogue had been hijacked, hijacked by the scribes and the Pharisees who used the synagogue to steer the people to themselves away from God by teaching the people that if the people followed their oral law, which their group had written, that they could earn their way to heaven by the good works that they prescribed. And so the synagogue became an enemy of the grace of God, of the salvation of God. The synagogue should have been Christ's synagogue, but it was not, and he wasn't welcome there. And that's why this one word in verse 54 tells it all. And that one word in verse 54 is, he taught them in their synagogue. The one word is there. There, it was their synagogue. And when he was teaching in their synagogue, that enabled the people in their synagogue to hear his wisdom and to see his mighty works. And that raised the question. That raised the question within the synagogue in verse 54. Verse 54. Whence then, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? They didn't deny that the Lord had this wisdom and had these mighty works. Those were obvious. That could not be denied. Their question was not, does he have wisdom or does he have mighty works? The question was, where does it come from? Where does the wisdom and the mighty works come from? What's the source? Now, with this accusation, they're hinting at, hitting at an accusation that they had already promoted in Matthew 12, 24, Matthew 12, 24. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. They had already made the accusation. He gets it all from his league, being in league with the devil. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.